Hey y'all, you're listening to Link in the Chain, a bi-weekly podcast that aims to reveal the depth and vastness of hip-hop one episode at a time. We take our favorite methodologies, albums, artists, and songs and strip them to their core, figuring out what exactly makes them so magnetic. I'm your host, Jillian Grace. Let's get started. I'm just doing what Pete did for me. Pete Brain did for me and what James Brown did for them. It's still just a fan of forward. I just always look at it as a link in the chain, man. Like, it's a link in the chain. These last two weeks have been rough. Like, really rough. Between the government in Texas feeling an aggressive sense of entitlement to women's bodies, to Hurricane Ida running rampant, to the loss of actor and legend Michael K. Williams, these last couple of weeks since we last talked, they've been pretty rough, y'all. In an effort to give us, particularly Black folks, a moment of reprieve, I wanted to focus this week's episode on something that will forever be at the forefront for me. Love. I believe that love is medicinal. It is a healing balm. It is the force that, when present, puts us all in a better place. It opens the door for both grace and mercy and faith and justice. It is and always will be the answer. So today, we will be discussing my all-time favorite hip-hop love songs and why they resonate with me so deeply. This was a fun episode because, quite frankly, I am a hopeless romantic (laughs) down to my spine. (laughs) From the top of my head to the sole of my feet. It's love over here, baby. (laughs) And speaking of love, I'd like to take some time to introduce a new segment to this podcast, Link Love. At the beginning of each episode, I'll be shouting out some of the wonderful things you, the listeners, have said about this here space. Y'all have been outpouring love to me and to Link at what feels like a nonstop pace. And I am so grateful. I am eternally grateful. I don't take the reposts, the text messages, or my 78 followers on Instagram for granted. (laughs) This community is something that I want to continue to cultivate. And that begins with me giving y'all your roses. I want to kick it off with one of the best messages I've received from my big sister, slash artist, slash musician, slash clinician, slash superhuman, Rochelle Rice. This is what she texted me last month. For those of y'all who know her personally, I will go against my desire and impulse, and I will not be speaking in her British accent. <laughs> Jillian, literally jolted me up out of my sleep. Link in the chain, the book. I can see it clear as day. An anthology of what you're talking about in the podcast will make a stellar coffee table book. This brought me so much joy. For one, I am all about the aesthetic, okay? (laughs) I have multiple Pinterest boards dedicated to my future Harlem Brownstone and what I want it to look like. And it is safe to say that there will be plenty of coffee table books present in that dream home. But greater than that, to know that y'all see something in this, something larger and bigger than just a bi-weekly podcast that I record in the corner of my room, it fuels me more than y'all know. I know I said a lot, but thank y'all. Thank you so, so much. As always, if you like what you hear in this episode, be like Rochelle, and please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave a rating and review. 
Review the slap on Apple Podcasts will also be considered for link love, so feel free to go wild over there. There's one last thing I want to mention. Um, this past weekend, I asked people on my personal Instagram what their favorite hip-hop love songs were, and y'all showed up. Some of y'all were a little shady in the process, but y'all showed up nonetheless, and there were some real gems mentioned. I've put those songs into a very special playlist, which is now available on both Apple and Spotify, so please go check that out. Okay, I think I got all the church announcements out the way. Y'all ready? Let's get it, let's get it. Hey! <laughs> it's just the fly line, A dream world Are your eyes still green, girl? I know you're sick and tired of arguing But you can't keep it bottled in Jealousy, we gotta swallow it Your heart and mind, baby, follow it Smile, happiness, you can model it And when you feel opposite I just want you to know Your whole being is beautiful I'ma do the best I can do Cause I'm my best when I'm with you There are many different songs that I could discuss. Like I said earlier, I am a hopeless romantic, so this episode could honestly be a million minutes long, but I just started classes. It's already a lot, so... <laughs> We won't be doing that. <laughs> Instead, I thought it would be fun to look at the different types of love there are, according to ancient Greek myth, and associate each with a hip-hop song. In order to do this successfully, I will be pulling my definitions from an article written by psychologist and philosopher Neil Burton, MD. Mr. Burton wrote, these are the seven types of love, which was published on Psychology Today. I'll be sure to link it in the show notes. The first type of love is probably the most obvious type of love, which is Eros. This is what Burton had to say about it. Eros is sexual or passionate love and most akin to the modern construct of romantic love. In Greek myth, it is a form of madness brought about by one of Cupid's arrows. The arrow breaches us and we quote-unquote fall in love, as did Paris with Helen, leading to the downfall of Troy and much of the assembled Greek army. Now, y'all know me. Y'all know that y'all know that y'all know that y'all know me. <laughs> There is one song that, in my humble opinion, summarizes Eros perfectly. This song needs no introduction. I'ma just play it. So, I typed a text to a girl I used to see, saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I want to be. And I apologize if this message gets you down. Then I CC'd every girl that I'd CC round town. And hate to see y'all frown, but I'd rather see her smiling. Wetness all around me, true. But I'm no island. Peninsula, maybe. Makes no sense. I know crazy. Give up all this pussy cat that's in my lap. No looking back. Spaceships. Don't come equipped with rear view mirrors. They dip as quick as they can. The atmosphere is now ripped. I'm so like a pip. I'm glad it's night. So the light from the sun would not burn me on my bum when I shoot the moon. High jump the broom like a preemie out the womb. My partner yelling too soon. Don't do it. Reconsider. Read some litter. Sure on the subject. You sure? Fuck it. You know we got your back like Cairo crack. 
tick If that bitch do you dirty We'll wipe her ass out as in detergent Now hurry, hurry, go on to the altar I know you ain't a pimp, but pimp Remember what I taught you Keep your heart, three stacks Keep your heart, hey, Keep your heart, three stacks Keep your heart, man, these girls are smart Three stacks, these girls are smart Play your part there is no higher pinnacle or representation of passionate love than the wedding day. It is when you decide to lay down your life as an individual and become one with your significant other. You and your partner make the decision to do exactly what the vows say. Make it work for better or for worse, through sickness and in health. In this song, all four of the rappers each recite vows of some sort. In his verse, Three Stacks has been seemingly hit by Cupid's arrow, narrowing down his roster of women to just one, despite his homies' numerous attempts to discourage him. With Pimp C, R.I.P., he brags about how his girl is selective or choosy with whom she entertains, leaving him as the only valuable contender. In Bumby's verse, he vows to make his lady the eighth wonder of the world, which... <laughs> mood. Yes. But as for Big Boy, he warns of what may happen when you choose the wrong partner, when the sting of Cupid's arrow wears off and you're stuck paying 20k a day. It's also worth mentioning that the wedding night is often when most couples choose to consummate their marriage. Sexual love is also associated with arrows. Up next, we have Philia love. The hallmark of Philia, or friendship, is shared goodwill. Aristotle believed that a person can bear goodwill to another for one of three reasons, that he is useful, that he is pleasant, and above all, that he is good, that is, rational and virtuous. Friendships founded on goodness are associated not only with mutual benefit, but also with companionship, dependability, and trust. It makes it easier, easier to I don't want to talk about present day Kanye. <laughs> present day Ye is a spectacle. If I'm honest, I don't know where I stand in the separate the art from the artist conversation, but what I do know is that I haven't listened to Donda and don't intend on doing so. It might make for an interesting episode and a healthy dialogue to have, so if y'all want to hear that, let me know. But I say all that to say this. While researching for this episode, I couldn't help but think of Otis when reading about Philia Love. Otis is three minutes of Hove and Kanye rapping in a way that only they can. It is this magical mixture of them talking their individual shit, but also each other's shit. The Otis Redding Loop standing alone, no 808s, no huge fireworks production-wise, just this black man vocalizing in the background of these other two black men, it is electric. 
It is wealthy. It is lush and black and every other dope adjective you could think of. The Watch the Throne era is such a beautiful depiction of Philia because you can tell that these two men genuinely loved each other. From producer and artist to mentee and mentor to finally colleagues, the mutual benefit coupled with companionship, dependability, and trust that they shared was cultivated over time. You could literally hear it in the music. Next up is Storge. Storge or familial love is a kind of philia pertaining to the love between parents and their children. It differs from most philia in that it tends, especially with younger children, to be unilateral or asymmetrical. More broadly, storge is the fondness born out of familiarity or dependency. Compared to eros and philia, it is much less contingent on our personal qualities. You all appreciate it. When I was young, me and my mama had beef, 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. Though back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could take my mama's place. Suspended from school, I'm scared to go home. I was a fool with the big boys breaking all the rules. Shed tears with my baby sister. Over the years, we was poor and other little kids. And even though we had different daddies, the same drama when things went wrong, we blamed. Black men love their mothers. That is no secret. I was listening to another podcast titled Bottom of the Map, which is so dope and also features two women of color talking about hip hop, specifically Southern rap. But in the episode, they were highlighting how several of our faves have lyrics thanking their moms. Everyone from Kanye to Hove to Drake to J. Cole to Andre 3000. If these men are going to do anything, it's going to be talking about their mamas and the sacrifices that these women have made in order for them to be who and where they are today. I'd like to think of Tupac's song as the quintessential thank you mama song. It is the prototype. It is the song you hear every year on Mother's Day and for good reason. Pac acknowledges both his and her shortcomings, but nevertheless, he still appreciates her and the sacrifices that she's made for him and vows to put no one above her. Number four on our list is agape. Agape is universal love, such as the love for strangers, nature, or God. Unlike Storge, it does not depend on filiation or familiarity. Also called charity by Christian thinkers, agape can be said to encompass the modern concept of altruism as defined as unselfish concern for the welfare of others. was I supposed to choose <laughs> other than Chancellor Bennett? <laughs> the refrain of this song, which samples Fred Hammond's classic, literally asks listeners if they're ready to receive their blessings and miracles. 
I remember in a Teen Vogue article where Chance referred to himself not as a Christian rapper, but as a rapper who happens to be Christian. And from what I've seen, that sentiment still seems to be holding up. A lot of Chance's music naturally radiates agape love because of this. Yes, his music isn't all daffodils and world peace, but Shorty made a whole album about marrying his wife. (laughs) You already know where he is mentally. And I think that's what makes agape love agape love. It should be like the love of God, effortless and innate. Number five on our list is Ludus. Ludus is playful or uncommitted love. It can involve activities such as teasing and dancing or more overt flirting, seducing, and conjugating. The focus is on fun and sometimes also on conquest with no strings attached. Ludus relationships are casual, undemanding, and uncomplicated but for all of that can be very long lasting. I automatically knew that I wanted to categorize this particular type of love with Dom Kennedy's When I Come Around. For one, Dom's music is the epitome of playfulness and swag. His baritone voice gives a presence that isn't nonchalant, but is so laid back and so perfectly LA. The other thing that I love about this song is that it's not even specifically about love. <laughs> On the chorus, he's not talking about when he comes around his girl. He's talking about when he pulls up to the function or to the space or to wherever, niggas need to know that he's legit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Let me take you on a day, day. We ain't got a way. Tell me if you got an ex nigga in the way, he just gay. I just wanna get a little taste, and I see you keep your body in shape. Look, I just wanna day, day. Damn, you look good, huh? Damn, you look good, girl, and you look good. Need to stop. Niggas came in two shots. I'm waiting to hit sugar free quick or two pockets. This the coast. T shirt, plan on no coast. A party ain't a party if my nigga can't smoke. Here we go. Let me, let me, let me. I think that's in part what makes this song an example of Ludus. It's the fluidity of which he speaks about his love interest. He'll talk about them for a few bars, move on to another topic, and then come back. It's that I'm here for a good time, not a long time vibe. We next have the seemingly opposite of Ludus love, pragma. Pragma is a kind of practical love founded on reason or duty in one's longer-term interests. Sexual attraction takes a backseat in favor of personal qualities and compatibilities, shared goals, and quote-unquote, making it work. Many relationships that start off as Eros or Ludus end up as various combinations of Storge and Pragma. Pragma may seem opposed to Ludus, but the two can coexist, with the one providing a counterpoint to the other. I apologize, often womanized, took for my child to be born, see through a woman's eyes, took for these natural twins, to believe in miracles, took me too long for this song, I don't deserve you, I harass you out in Paris, please come back to Rome, you make it home, we talked for hours when you were on tour, please pick up the phone, pick up the phone, I said don't embarrass me instead of be mine, that was my proposal for us to go steady, that was your 21st birthday, you mature faster than me. I wasn't ready. So I apologize. I seen the innocence. I really was trying my best to not overdo with the hove picks because he's already in another category technically. But hove is top tier. <laughs> and you know, this is my podcast. I can really do what I want. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> I view 444 almost as the tipping point concerning Hove's catalog and the Pragma love songs within it. 
You have obvious contenders like Song Cry and even I Know from American Gangster. But then you have songs in his discography that also qualify as pragma love songs, but are viewed to be a bit more playful, like O3, Bonnie and Clyde, and On the Run. But 444 is different. Hove has never been one to be shy or coy when it comes to talking about his private life in music. This man has talked about everything from his mother identifying as queer to his nephew dying in the car that he bought him. But 444 has a different timbre to it. It's softer. His words are more candid, more vulnerable. The lyricism is there, but it takes a back seat in a way. It's filled with bars like, I said, don't embarrass me, instead of be mine. That was my proposal for us to go steady. That was your 21st birthday. You matured faster than me. I wasn't ready. Which... <laughs> This man admitted to being more immature than a woman 10 years his junior is. That's embarrassing. <laughs> but you get the point. Like, this is not him speaking in metaphors and double entendres. This is Jay loving his wife enough to lay aside both his pride and his rapper gymnastics. Production also adds to making this a pragma love song. His voice is mixed in a way where it sits on top of the beat rather than nestled in it, almost instructing listeners to listen to what he's saying and that alone. This is what pragma forces you to do. It takes away the passion, the sexual compatibility, and the sting of Cupid's bow. You're left with nothing but each other and you all's willingness to work through the valleys of the relationship. Last, but certainly not least, we have Philatia love. Here's what Burton describes it as. Philatia finally is self-love, which can be healthy or unhealthy. Unhealthy self-love is akin to hubris. In ancient Greece, people could be accused of hubris if they placed themselves above the gods or, like certain modern politicians, above the greater good. Many believe that hubris led to destruction or nemesis. Healthy self-love, on the other hand, is akin to self-esteem, which is our cognitive and, above all, emotional appraisal of our own worth. More than that, it is the matrix through which we think, feel, and act, and reflects on our relation to ourselves, to others, and to the world. This is a world This is a world premiere. This is a world premiere. I've been through a whole lot. Trial, tribulation, but I know God. Satan wanna put me in a bow tie. Pray that the holy water don't go dry, yeah, yeah. As I look around me, so many motherfuckers wanna tell me. But they know me gon' never drown me. In front of a dirty double mirror, they fell me. And I love myself. The world is a ghetto, big guns and big To Pimp a Butterfly is my album. I first heard it in 2014 while doing community service in Ferguson, Missouri. I revisited it again two years later after Trump won the election. It is the first CD I bought for my 2004 Red Pontiac Graham Am, affectionately known as Big Groove. It is the reason behind the butterfly tattooed on my left forearm. Pimp, in many ways, saved my life. The album picks up where Good Kid Mad City leaves off, and we find Kendrick coming into newfound fame and success. Ultimately, the fame goes to his head, and he's forced to reroute his life in order to not self-destruct. 
I is the second to last song on the album. It's after Kendrick gives in to Uncle Sam and Lucy seemingly loses his mind in a hotel room and then finds solace after meeting Jesus at an African gas station. He's witnessed both peaks and valleys and he finally has found his way out of the trenches of his mental state. Like Burton describes it, Kendrick initially experiences an unhealthy self-love. He places himself on the same level as a god, doing things like having sex with the partner of the man who killed one of his childhood friends. But by the end of the album, Kendrick discovers the healthy self-love that Burton describes. He's not perfect, but you can see the growth that is so evidently there. So those are the seven categories. I am quite proud of myself for this episode because like I said, I am back in school and (laughs) this required a lot more research than I anticipated, but we made it through. We we did it. We did it. (laughs) And I do this because it brings me so much joy and hopefully it does the same for y'all. So again, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you in two weeks. Thanks again for tuning into Link in the Chain. The theme song was produced by Hype Alexander. All research, producing, and recording was done by myself, Jillian Grace. If you like what you heard in this episode, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the show. Thanks again. See y'all in two weeks.